Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the AIM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And as we promised, we want to continue the topic we were talking last week. We were discussing representations of masculinity on film and television, and we wanted to jump right in into what, what are women represented, you know? What types of tropes, what type of main characters, what type of storylines that represent women on film and television too? So let's talk about it. Yeah, that's a very exciting topic. And I think first of all, we should mention that most of the characteristics we describe here, they are based on films that were written by men and also directed by men. So it's a very uh, different type of story in comparison to those when a woman is involved in the creation of the characters itself. We can see a lot of differences when there is a man behind and a woman behind the stories involving female characters. But just to give some examples of some of those tropes, like my sister said, we could begin with one that is very popular and is very well-known, which is the cool girl. So yeah. do you have any examples of a cool girl that you you know, or some characteristics that could describe her? So the cool girl, as the name says, she has this aura that is different. She is portrayed as someone different from the other girls around her. And usually she likes something that other people don't like. She can be a bit intimidating and feel unapproachable. So, for example... They might get, she might get along really well with the guys and not with the girls. She might not like to wear makeup or, you know, it's not really into girly things, that kind of thing. Yeah, usually the male protagonists like her. He likes her and usually she's very pretty or she's hot in a, in a guy's vision and like you said, she may like things that guys usually like, like sports or car, which is a good example, like Megan Fox on Transformers. She's into cars. Of course, the name of Transformers, right? <laughs> so, you know, she would be the stereotypical cool girl from a male's gaze. And But we can see that this type of character is actually a myth. She's like a male fantasy because it's pretty difficult to see a woman like that. And actually... It's not a really well-developed character because we don't see many flaws. It's just like a very hot girl that get along with the, gets along with the guys. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a problem of this type of um, depiction, I would say. And also, um, the way she behaves can be also like... she's very She has a very uh, lean body, but she doesn't care about what she eats or she's always eating junk food or drinking beer. And, you know, watching games with the guys. So she's basically a dude in a hot body, female body. <laughs> and do you want to give an example that shows pretty well what the cool girl is in the male's gaze and how she transforms that and show that this is a fiction? Yeah, there is a, a movie, Gone Girl, I think most of you have watched already. And she says in the movie that she was the cool girl. So she used to do everything to please her husband. So she would play cool. She would be chill. She would be drinking beer with him on the couch, watching the game. And she said she was just 
behaving that way so he would like her. But then he had an affair with a younger, cool girl. And he was a professor, I think, in the film. And then she wants revenge, right? And then she shows like who she truly was. And um, we see that truly the cool girl is just a fantasy, it's just a creation. And then she was also perpetuating that in order for him to like her, but not for who whom she truly was. And that movie is kind of like, it's pretty nice. I really like the movie, but maybe we can see her as a villain, right? Mm-hmm. But actually, she's showing herself who she truly is. Mm-hmm. Also, I think there is another type of cool girl that is like, in our opinion, because the cool girl we talked about until now is the stereotype that is out there, Hollywood movies and all those stuff. And it's very focused on the male gaze, what a guy thinks a cool girl is, right? So it's like a dude, basically. But If you think about from the female gaze, like what a cool girl is, in my opinion, there is plenty of movies nowadays that show what a cool girl is for the for women. And usually they are somehow, well, they have this cool or they are a bit unapproachable, but they we want to see ourselves as her. So it's not just like we cannot see ourselves as the hot version of a dude's imagination, but we can see ourselves as many other things that the cool girl can represent. So I think in a girl's perspective, we can see it as those like strong characters that are different, you know, the rebel side of you. For example, the Runaways, that was the first punk rock band and the show, the lives of those girls, like they were pretty cool in my opinion, like Joe and Jack in the middle and I don't give a damn about my bad reputation, all those things. Maybe a cool girl is someone that is into something completely different, you know? They are just like types of people who dare to be different and doesn't necessarily need to be different for male's approval. I think that's why we like those cool girls. Like that yeah. that character that you say, I want to be friends with her. Yeah, I totally agree. I would even include she's probably someone who is engaged into like activism or she cares about things going on around her. She can be good looking, but it's not the main point about her, right? Or like the artist type, you know? Yeah. Someone who's super creative and is like doing all those things and engaged, like you said, in an activist and stuff. Like, it's kind of your role model person. Like, I wish I could be more like her. In my opinion, that's the cool girl for women. Totally, yeah. So I want to talk about the next one that is, very popular too i think it's so the, the next fatale. one mm. yeah the femme fatale so we can see that this type of representation originated mainly in the film noirs from the 40s and 50s which is interesting because it was during the period that the war was happening so many women they had to start working so they gained a lot of independence so we can see that Them fatales, they they have the fatale in the name. So usually they are seen as almost like villains and they can be dangerous somehow. And I think one of the things that are considered dangerous about the femme fatale is that they do not want to follow, most of the time they don't want to follow a conventional domestic life or they don't want to be mothers, for example, which is something that was very, um, was confronting the, the 
rules or the norms from that time? Also, I think, like I said, they're strong, but they're not like physically strong necessarily. You know, they're not the superhero type that can lift a car. They use feminine traits or, or what I consider feminine traits to gain power, basically. So they have this power mindset, yes, and they know their strength as a woman. So usually that's why they're very sensual and they know how beautiful they are and they know how to seduce people. Like, so those things are dangerous for men. They're like, I can't do that. I'm scared because I might be seduced by her and she might kill me or she might take advantage of me or something. Well, that yeah. is a point. I think because she was created by men, she was obviously very beautiful. Um, but also her power was translated into using her se sexuality or sensuality to manipulate men. And she was very much material oriented. So she liked to have good things and money and all that. So she was very ambitious. And it's something maybe that men wasn't very um, comfortable with having mm -hmm. women like this around them. So they made her the villain, of course. Uh, but I would say that nowadays, the femme fatale, they can have a, a little twist, you know, like seeing a woman that is powerful and that can have this power because of her personality and because of her empowerment in terms of her own body is also something that can see in a good light and not only in this um, villainy type of character, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think like pop culture used the femme fatale a lot. And I, I told you, like, I think not only movie stars represented the femme fatale, but also like pop stars also represented that. When, when you say femme fatale, one of the people that come to mind the most like Cher. I think she's in her 70s nowadays, but she's still rocking, you know. And she's very, very confident. And she wears all those glamorous clothes. And she was the first one to actually wear to a, to a gala event one of those sleep dresses that look translucent and just has like um, sparkly beads on top. So it kind of looks like she's naked. She was the first one to wear that. Nowadays, we can see like in the Met Gala and stuff. But like, wow, when that happened, everyone was like, who is that woman, you know? Who do you think she is? Um, but it was Cher, an entertainer, an actor, a also singer. Also, Tess, right? Jitterbone Tess. Tess. She's also not um, an actress. I mean, we can see her in some videos, but usually she's not an actress. She's a performer. And so we can see this outside film and television as well. Mm -hmm. I would say even Angelina Jolie, in some of her characters, you know, some of the roles she played that's for sure and i think they go against the damsel in distress narrative so it's really i think although they might be twisted into a villain they are a really good role that appeared like to show women how they can be powerful too yeah so what about another type of um, female representation that could be considered almost like a villain but actually they're not really a villain what do you say yeah the mean girl of course we couldn't skip that very famous storyline for teenagers and mean girl you can remember the movie for sure uh 
Regina George is like a super example of the queen bee type. It's like, I'm better than everyone else. And she feels better by putting others down and spreading gossip and chaos and all those little things that are so mean. And I think like, think about gossip girl. There's Blair Wardolf. And do you think about some, some other character? Like in Riverdale, say Cheryl Blossom could be considered also a mean girl, especially in the beginning. I think afterwards we, we get to know her better. So we feel a little more empathy towards her and she's not in high school anymore. So it's different. But in the beginning, I'll say her. So it's a really um, popular storyline. Like she's very confident, ambitious, but actually her confidence is not really um a true confidence yeah she's not truly confident because usually she's behaving that way because she feels insecure and because mm-hmm. maybe there are some problems in her family or something like that and then she just uses her rage to make other people's lives a hell in high school and a type of um a name that i found for this that I saw on the take, they, they call it relational aggression. So be, she uses her aggression is towards relationships. She uses it in relationships, for example, using female bullying. So she uses other people to be aggressive. It's not like she, punched, she punches people on the face, you know, uh, but she uses others to make all the chaos that she does. I think the problem is both like is a very it just shows like very toxic relationships against women. And I think it carves in in the popular mind that women don't get along or women are always competing and women don't trust women, you know, and this goes completely against sorority, you know, like helping each other and growing together. And honestly, I think it, it also translates into real life stuff because when you're not teenagers are really impressionable so if you show them like this is the normal life in high school some of them are gonna be like all right that's the normal life in high school i don't want to be a loser so i'm gonna try to be the mean girl or something so i think everyone that has been a long time high school but i do remember some people kind of acted a bit like that not completely like the mean girl but a little bit like that like in order for me not to be bullied, I rather bully the others. And it's like yeah. so toxic. And it's even like something against feminism because in feminism, we want equality and we want to stick together and help each other out. And this is actually the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because when you're grown up, it's like, obviously you have to be nice. Otherwise, no one want to be your friend. Like, you're going to be rejected in your social circles if you're a jerk with everyone. But somehow in a teenage mind is the opposite. I'm like, what? If you're mean, people will like you? No, grow up, you know. But yeah, I think at least, what do you want to say? I think it just happens because people are afraid of bullies, you know. <laughs> and they're just actually bullies that... Yeah. They're just using their rage as a coping mechanism for something that is really screwed up inside themselves. Yeah. Pretty privilege plus angry plus bullying. <laughs> it's yeah. bad. But like, I think at least 
some of the mean girl stories, they show a little bit why she became so mean. Usually there is some very bad relations going on in their household, like the parents broken up or they had a very difficult time growing up or something like this. It doesn't justify their actions, that's for sure. But at least they give like a backstory because the characters we've been talking so far, like the cool girl and the femme fatale, usually seems like they were born this way. And it's not like they developed themselves to be in a certain way because of her social environment. At least the mean girl has some backstory. I agree. Well, another type of girl that usually we see as a opposite of the, the mean girl would be the smart girl, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess we can see the smart girl from animations like Belle, from Belle and the, uh, the Beauty and the Beast. She's very smart. She's always in the library. And also some, um, some depictions also in film and television, like the book Smart, which was a movie that shows lots of girls and guys as well that they want to go to good universities and they are smart, even though they are in this high school environment where everybody wants to be cool as well, which I think is kind of nice showing this dimension that they can be smart, but not only smart, right? But what is the main characteristics of the smart girl in a more traditional sense? Well, they are very ambitious. They are overachievers. They know what they want from the beginning and don't let people get in their way. They don't mind not being the coolest person, but they're like, you are actually the loser because you have nothing planned for your future. I have a million plans and I'm going to go and follow them. So I think she's very like, strong-headed opinionated yeah. and also like very strong personality it's not like the type like the nerd type that usually is represented like oh no you know like hiding from people they're like yeah that's why i am i'm smart i'm smarter than you actually you know so it yeah. can be a bit arrogant what I do think you think because of her personality she can also be very outspoken and she can even defy authority So mm -hmm. they don't hide from talking back to professors or their peers or the headmaster, you know, if they need to, because they know they have their rights and they can articulate their thoughts, which I think is something really cool. Um, but also sometimes they can be shown in, in a more, you know, if you show more sides of the character, you can see their insecurities and maybe they feel a little bit like left out and they feel that, They're spending all their time focusing on their future and not really living the present, um, as some of their peers are doing now during high school, for example, which is something that I think is cool to show. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking, like, usually the smart girl is like the book smart type. It's like, because you study, you're smart. It's not that you were born smart necessarily. But, like, I thought it's pretty. It's, Because if you think about genius type of smart, usually it's only guys that are portrayed like this. The only movie I can think of that there is a woman super clever is like Enola Holmes. Did you watch it? Yeah. So I thought when I watched it, I thought it was pretty cool because it's like a very nice character. It's like she's clever. She's unique. 
she can go save people and still be a girl. She doesn't need to take away that side from herself. And she is like Sherlock Holmes kind of thing, but as a girl. So like showing for little girls that they can be like that is really nice. And I can prove that because once I went to a bookstore here in Korea in the English book session, and then I saw like two little girls, they were looking around like the young romance novels and all those kind of things. And there was this book of Enola Holmes and Millie Bobby Brown was on the cover, right? Because she's the actor, actor that portrays Enola. And the little girls, they were so happy. They looked at the book, like they pointed, look, it's her. It's Enola Holmes. It's so nice, this story. She's so smart. And they started telling each other like how much they adored the character. And I was like, hell yeah, that's a good example of like a female character for young girls out there. Yeah, I agree. It's really important to have those um, role models or examples that you can be successful, you can be nice and you can be a girl. You don't have to turn into a boy, <laughs> yeah. which is something that um, many people criticize about female characters, the way they're developed. Some of the very well-written characters, sometimes they were written in a way that could be a guy or could be a girl. That's, mm -hmm. why, that's why gender does not influence the story so much. But actually, I think it's not so nice to write in that way because you're telling the story of people, you know. You should tell a narrative that does exist. And gender, of course, influences your experience in your life. So I think including this aspect of gender as a part, a crucial part of how the character behaves and how she's treated by others is very important. I think one good example, um, I think it also includes a smart girl, kind of, but Lady Bird. I saw like Greta Gerwig telling about the main relationship in the stories between her uh, Lady Bird and her mom. And yeah. she said that It was written by a woman, right, Greta Gerwig. So guys who would have sisters, they would say, that's exactly how my mom and my sister would fight. And then a girl would also see that and say, oh, that is exactly what happens, you know, with my mom and I when I was younger. But then she said that when guys used to see that and they had no sisters, you say, oh, that's how girls interact with their moms or is that how girls fight? You know, like, because they have no idea of how is the world of women or how is the world of girls because we see only representations of guys and how they interact. There are a lot of examples of young guys having fights with their dads, for example, or, you know, but we don't see this intimate relationship between mom and daughter so often on TV. So, I mean, That's the right. way people tell the stories If it's a woman or if it's a or if it's a guy, really, really shapes the story. I mean, yeah, character voice is super important, and I think that's why some stories don't feel so relatable because they fail to incorporate that. And even like if you're non-binary, I think people who don't fall into the categories like male and female, they're the ones who feel the most how gender can impact lives, you know? Yeah. So I think this is just like an example of how whatever gender you identify with 
showing that in a script, showing that in a story is very, very important because it changes your life and how you interact with others. So I think we can talk about a very, very interesting type of women that is shown out there, the independent women. I think this grew so much in the past years. Do you want to tell us more or less how it well, is portrayed? Yeah, the independent woman is portrayed in many different ways. And mm-hmm. we can see as example in animation like Mulan and Moana, they're very independent. Um, and also we can see movies like Joe from Little Women or even Lady Bird, as I was saying, uh, the character from Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde, she's also very independent, but they're all very different from each other. So we can see that um, many types of people can be considered independent, which is something funny because like, usually we don't say a guy is an independent man, a character is an independent man because it is a given, right? That a guy is independent, that he's strong and he's this and that. But for women, still, we have to say, oh, this character, she's independent. I mean, it's kind of bad that we still have to do that, right? But yeah, that is a very, very good point. So another thing, oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I would mention about the independent woman is that usually she's portrayed in the city. And the city is the representation of her freedom in most of the cases, because usually she's a young woman entering the the job market, you know, or starting her career. And then in the city, she can discover things about herself and grow and gain money, her own money and all that. And she's usually not defined by romance. She can have a partner in the story, but usually it's not the main point. Yeah. I think some of the types of independent women that we can see is like the girl boss, which I think we've seen it many times, like the hustler type that is going after, like growing her career and stuff. But I think there's a problem with this name. Forest is like girl, not woman. And second is boss, not leader or something like this. Because like you wouldn't say exactly like use the terms girl boy because a girl boss to represent like a boy boss doesn't exist, you know? So it's like... But it's, mm. No, go ahead. I think the way they, they talk about the girl boss is usually like a young female and that she's starting out her career, but she's succeeding a lot. And they also make fun because it's a lot about social media when they portray the girl boss. So she's always talking about her brand, you know, mm-hmm. my brand and this, my brand and that. I follow us on social media, this and that. And usually they use even, they try to sell feminism, for example. Mm-hmm. And which is something that is highly criticized because they say that uh, feminism is very incompatible with the socialist, the, the capitalist structure of the market so you know it's not something that will bring equality especially in terms of like if you have money you can buy this it's not equal right so it's different from the way they portray a woman that is a boss like we would say devil wears prada for example the girl boss is just like "Hmm, hmm, hmm," and she will 
you know, climb the ladder and <laughs> like Emily Harris kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm willing to see characters who are like leaders in a sense of the word that is like they inspire others and they help others to grow together and, you know, like be in an important position. And because usually like when you're not, female representation in the world is not ideal. If you think about leaders like in politics, there is not enough women working in the Congress in all those important places. So maybe when we see those characters there, we can see them as real leaders, you know, in other stories. I think like other female characters that are really strong is like the heroine type, the exceptionally smart type, and the emotional resilient one. The emotional resilient is my favorite because like those are the truly strong ones that usually have a really good story that show like how they grew to become who they are today. But I think we should cover those three so people can understand the difference. So when you say a strong female character, when is the, the heroine? Usually she's physically strong. There is not much storyline behind it or she's not really well developed emotionally or we don't know much about her personality or, you know, we just see her fighting and destroying things. So it's basically turning a, almost like a, a, a guy storyline storyline from yeah. a guy but into a female body and she's very strong and hot and usually like this type of character the heroine mixed with what people call a token girl that is like the only female character in the middle of a group of men and like you can see this in like avengers. in the beginning of avengers there was only black widow <laughs> before captain marvel appeared and then the league of justice or The Hobbit, or Inception, you know, like, there is only, like, this group of men and one girl, and that girl can kick your ass, that kind of thing, so it's like, she's part of the boys, basically, and I don't think, when they create movies specifically for the character, it's nice, you can see a little bit more how they developed who they are, but still, it's not about emotional growth, it's not about emotional intelligence, it's not about anything like that, it's like, Everything turns them into powerful and like more physical strength. Well, like Can imagine the opposite. A group of super heroines, only girls and one guy in the middle. What would you think, you know? Yeah. And what would you think is okay, the opposite? Just one girl in the middle of a lot of guys fighting the world, fighting for the world, you know? Um, so the other type of strong female characters is the exceptionally smart woman. So usually this plays out. Um, usually it's portrayed in stories from, not from nowadays, I would say more like from the 40s, 50s, 60s. And they are usually in an environment where they are the only woman trying to do something. For example, getting to university in a class full of men. Or getting to politics and a lot of men, you know, or being a police woman with a lot of police being men. Being able to vote. Exactly. So usually she faces a lot of sexism, but she's very smart. So that's why she can get there. Um, yeah. Basically, that's her 
That's why she's considered a strong female character. And lastly, the emotionally resilient one. Do you want to explain why she's the best example of strong female characters? In my opinion, she's the best because she has emotional development throughout the story. She's not playing. You kind of, you can feel what she's feeling. You can identify yourself a little bit with her. And it's like, you can see she's been through stuff and she overcame that. So I think the storyline usually tends to be really good. Is a complex character. It's not exactly good or bad. It's just someone that gained a lot of wisdom throughout their journey. And usually they help others. They care for others. They, you know, and they're independent. So they yes. put all the good stuff in this character, in my opinion. <laughs> Because that's the way it should be. She's not only physically strong, but she's also compassion. She has compassion and empathy. Which is something that, you know, like a human being would actually feel like that. That's mm -hmm. why it's more relatable than just a heroine, for example. I think I, I'm really happy that nowadays there are characters that are more complex and you can empathize with them and, and they mix those types pretty well. So like I was telling my sister, I really like the TV show Sex Education because I think all the characters are really well developed. And if you think about Maeve, she's really an interesting character because she mixes the bad girl type. She is the cool girl. She's also the smart girl. And she, you know, she's emotionally intelligent and independent. So they can put all those things without being a stereotype. And... So I think she's really cool. And I also like the chair with Sandra Oh, because it's an older woman, you know. It shows like life doesn't stop when you get married and have kids. She adopted this beautiful child and it shows her life trying to grow her career at the same time as being learning how to be a mom and how to deal with her stuff. She's flawed and you identify with her because of that. So those are very interesting female characters that I can see nowadays. What about you? I agree with you. And I think it's interesting to show like sex education as an example because um, it's not only Maeve that is well developed and is yeah. a good example. For example, Amy, her best friend, she's very different from Maeve, like very yeah. different. But she's also given her space to develop as a character. And she's also like shown showing that she can be a strong character as well and she can be independent and this and that you know and she and can be soft and funny exactly like and that's the way it's showing like we don't have to behave in a certain way to be accepted and we can accept very different types of people and you know i guess showing those different storylines and representing them in a good light and no way that it can develop is really important. Uh, and also how girls can help each other out. Although yeah. they're so different, although one is very cool and the other is very girly, I'd say. They can help each other out very well. Not only them, but the other characters, female characters mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, it's a good example. And I also like because they show feminism in a way that is more real. It's like their choices, the the lines they say, the things they do, 
is not necessarily going on a protest and screaming angrily at someone. It can be that too, but it does is not only that, you know. Because it's not showing. Sorry. Because feminism is being shown in movies as in a male perspective as well as like only angry women trying to smash the patriarchy. Yeah, we're trying to smash the patriarchy, but in subtle ways in our every single day life, you know, we do something about it. And it doesn't have to be super extreme or radical all the time because it's something constant. Yeah. And I think this thing about feminism is also a good thing because it's showing feminism not in a way that is a joke like it used to be. Like Mm -hmm. the girl who is... um, almost like a guy, like she's not feminine at all, you know, because it's like, you can be any type of girl, you can be a girly girl if you want, but you can also be a feminist and that's okay, you know, so it's like showing things that happen in real life and it's not like making us angry at something just because, I mean, I get angry with storylines that are impossible to happen in real life. (laughs) So Me too. Like, nice. it, like you were saying if it's a fantasy i'm cool whatever do whatever you want with your fantasy because it's not real life but if you're trying to make real life and make me believe in a happily ever after ending i'm gonna be a bit mad at you because life doesn't end that way so yeah. what are your final thoughts you know on all these things well, where do you think we're going with our female characters do you see hope for us or are we sinking the ship, the mothership? Um, I think it's getting better, a lot mm-hmm. better, really. Like all the stereotypes are being broken with time and there are a lot of more, you know, it's the market is opening for women to become screenwriters, directors, um, to be producing things by themselves. And that's amazing. And you know, diversity is starting to be included in terms of gender, in terms of race. And it's something that is very important because we want to show stories from real people, you know. We want to show things that happen in real life. And every single person, they're going to have a different experience in the world just because of the way they are, the way they look, and because of their gender and race, right? So I think that's something really important that is becoming a thing right now and what about you completely agree i have hope (laughs) i think the public is more demanding now too we're so fed up with stereotypes so if you see someone that is like the the mean girl on screen and has no soul basically you're not going to be happy with that because you know it's a girl there you know that's living a normal life somehow so i think we as the public, not only on the side of producing stuff, can also help with that. Like, hey, we want to see different characters, more complex characters. I want to see myself on the screen. And also, like you said, depending on where you're from, the dynamics change a lot. If you see the dynamics of, I don't know, an Asian family is completely different from an European family that is completely different from someone that came from any African country is very different. So it's like showing how this is mixed in a multicultural society is very interesting because those characters are not going to react in the same way to things that appear in the world. 
as your standard American character. Yeah. Or the American you know. perspective is not a given nowadays. Exactly. Shouldn't mm -hmm. be. Yeah. So I'm really happy to see that happening. And I have hopes. Yeah, let's keep excited about new stories and always hoping for the best. <laughs> so I really Let hope us you know. enjoy. Mm -hmm. Let us know your favorite female character. We're super curious to know and why you love it so much. Yeah, we would love to get to know new stories and new characters. So we're very excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed, please give us a review on the podcast. You can also find our episodes and blog posts on our website, amsisters.com. And if you have any ideas for following episodes, if you want to hear more about Film and TV, let us know. And stay safe and see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Have a lovely week. Bye-bye.